Hello, and thank you so much for tuning into the She Can Roll podcast. I'm your host, Mahi Jariwala. Today, we're joined by Shannon Lum of the Dallas Mavericks' coaching staff. So yeah, I mean, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you for having me. And how's it, how's it going with the Mavericks so far? I know you joined them not too long ago. Yeah, so it's been a little bit over a month now, um, not, not by more than a couple of days. It's been amazing so far. I'm learning a lot, which has kind of always been my um, my meter for like where I want to go is just where can I learn uh, from the best and the highest level. So, so far it's been exactly that and I can't complain. Everyone's been really welcoming and the, the franchise itself has a lot of history behind it. So it's kind of cool to be a part of something um, that's, that's got so much history. So what is your role right now in tail? Yes. Yeah, so um, special assistant to the head coach. Uh, I like to call a little bit of everything. Um, I've had a lot of experience in the video room now, um, operations and a little bit on like, I don't want to say player develop development, but just player personnel. There's just kind of like a, there's a range where you can kind of be able to help out with like player stuff and then just all other things, player development. So I've had a, a really a fortunate uh, career thus far, which made this role kind of perfect when Coach Kidd and uh, a couple of the other coaches were kind of looking for for someone that could just be the jack of all trades in a way. So that's kind of my role. It's, it's hard to describe. It's just something where um, I'm naturally able to find things that, hey, we can probably improve a little bit on this and then find improve them, um, small, big, whatever, whatever it is. But that's kind of like what, what I see myself as. That's amazing because I know you've had a lot of different coaching experiences and like in a lot of different realms as well. So definitely very cool stuff. For sure. For sure. And I will say one thing that did, um, it did catch me off guard for a second, but it was like our first all coaching staff meeting. Uh, and I had not yet arrived in Dallas. So I was on zoom and unfortunately like the audio was not great. So me and like four other coaches were not able to hear that much, but the one thing I did catch when coach kid went through all of the staff members, he comes to me and he's like, all right, well, you know, everyone, this is Shannon. She's going to be my right hand. Um, and that, that's a big part of my role. Right. And I've neglected to mention it, but just being there for coach kid and whatever he needs in terms of, um, you know, whatever it helps him function at his, at his best is what I'm here for as well. Um, but he was just like, Shannon's, you know, going to be my right hand. And, but she's also a coach here. So like she, like Shannon, you got to learn, learn from me, which is fine, but I also need you to be out there and learn uh, and, and like coach out there. So that kind of took me aback for a second. Cause I didn't think it was that type of role yet. Um, which just credits to coach kid and how progressive he is. And everyone in his staff has that green light to voice their opinions. He wants all of the players to, to know that he trusts his entire staff. It's not a, oh, only two people can speak. It's everyone in the room has a say uh, or has a has a right to have, have an opinion and speak their opinion um, doesn't necessarily mean you know we're we're gonna do everything everyone says but it allows it allows a lot of coaches to have that voice which is not something you find often so I think it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing to have landed in a situation like that for myself. No, yeah, for sure. And I definitely want to come back to this, but I kind of want to backtrack a little bit kind of to your journey because I know you've had an amazing career um, as a basketball coach. So kind of starting from the beginning, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area and I, I can't claim one area. I've been everywhere from San Francisco to the East Bay and Alameda, Dublin, 
uh, South City, Daly City. So I'm, I've been everywhere um, all at once, and it's, it's been the greatest experience of growing up in the Bay Area. Did you play any sports growing up? I did. So I grew up playing uh, club volleyball, or I don't know if you guys have it, but like CYO, like oh, Catholic yeah. youth. Yeah, so I went to a school that had CYO. So I did just about every sport I could get my hands on. Uh, volleyball and basketball were the more popular sports to get involved with. So that's kind of what I, I grew up doing uh, in high school. I kind of messed with any sport I could. Um, badminton, even at one point, was like a sport I was playing. So it was just anything to stay active and just kind of be out there. Uh, and basketball just kind of took a, a natural course of my attention. I will also credit that my brother became a really good basketball player himself. So that kind of led me to spend more time in basketball than any other sport. How did you get into coaching and like what made you study sports management at St. John's? Yeah, so my brother is four years younger than me. So when I was in high school, he was kind of getting into like middle school, high school age. And a lot of basketball started picking up for him in terms of, and this is when the AAU culture started to really ramp up. So AAU is getting big. He's kind of being dragged left, right. Everyone wants to, you know, hey, play for here, play for here. And so he's balancing all that. And for me, I knew early on that college and anything beyond high school was not going to be in my picture. I mean, there, there could have been options, but it just, I knew realistically that was not the case for me. And um, it's not just, it's just something I don't didn't think uh, would make too much sense um, for me to continue pursuing, which wasn't a problem for me. I, uh, I did though have a natural act of like, my brother would have, how do I explain? He would have practices and then like his teammates had younger siblings, whether it was boys or girls. And like, they would just be on the side hoops, you know, messing around. And eventually, I don't know why, I kind of got a natural, like we started like working together. So I would help the little kids, like the little brothers and sisters, you know, work on their ball handling, work on their passing and their shooting. And parents would just say like, oh, like my son's actually been practicing what you told him from the last practice. And after that, it kind of just like, it, it naturally like made me happy to see kids learning from me, uh, not from me specifically, but just like I taught them something and it actually like, a, it works for them and, and the application uh, had success. So from there, the natural like teaching method, it just, it, that became something that I really uh, enjoyed and kind of got a thrill out of. So um, I was in high school and there was a year where I met this uh, AU coach who, um, Coincidentally, is now the director of Jason Kids Select, um, which is Coach Kids uh, AAU program for uh, young girls. So he had taken me under his wing and kind of was like, "Look, if you're not playing, like, you want to start coaching, you're going to start coming to these, you know, workouts and start uh, learning from me, from how I work out kids, and then I'm going to eventually, like, you're going to start coaching a team." And that's what I did. I was in college, came back in the summertime, freshman year, and I was coaching a seventh, eighth grade team. And I wasn't more than five, four or five years older than these girls, but um, I was coaching. And that's kind of how everything kind of took off from there, where I was put in positions where I was like, whoo, I, I better I better start getting a, a little more knowledge before I just go out there and just coach. Because I also didn't want to do it um, half-heartedly. Like, I really want to put my full effort and, and give it to – and give – my full effort for the young women that took their time to be on my team or let me be their coach. And then the parents who also gave their time and, and um, money to help fund their daughters to, to play. Cause that, that is a big, big uh, aspect of, of AAU and, and stuff. So 
yeah, to, and, and long story, that's kind of how I got started in coaching, just kind of being around a lot of the people and just taking what I can get from them in terms of, yeah. Yeah, and at St. John's, I know you worked with both the men's and women's basketball team. So what was that like? It was awesome. I was very fortunate. Um, I went to St. John's just honestly out of the whim of I really love New York. I grew up kind of going there every year. And circling back to your question about why sport management, um, I originally was thinking medicine. Telling you right now, I had no business being in medicine, but I was trying <laughs> to convince myself that like, yeah, go to get med- go into medicine, sports med, you can do that. You'll be close to sports and you'll be able to, you know, sustain a, a, a solid financial um, career. And I was a senior in high school and I was like, I can't do it. Like I, I got into so many schools just for that. And St. John's was not one of those schools. It was for sport management that I kind of just applied to on the side and was like, oh, well, like this would be really cool if I could. And um, yeah, when, it, when push came to shove, I was like, I, I gotta just go with my gut and, and try this, this coaching thing out. And they had a coaching um, minor, so to speak. It was like a certification that came with it. So that, that's why I went to St. John's for that. And with the women's side, it was awesome. I got to do that for two seasons. I learned a lot just in terms of what it takes to be a manager and, and how hard that grind is, which I think ultimately has prepared me for everything that I've gotten to at this point. It's just um, being, being the very low man on the totem pole, um, but being the backbone of a program. Like managers in college, they don't get nearly as much credit as they deserve. And I do think they're getting more credit today than they were back when I was in college, but um, they are literally the backbone of any college program. And you can ask any coach, they'll tell you that much um, for certain. For certain. Uh, I was fortunate to win a Big East championship on my, with my sophomore year's team. And then after that season, I really had liked what St. John's men's team was doing. And it happened to have been Coach Mullen had taken over during my sophomore year. And then I just had that Bay Area connection with him and Coach Greg St. Jean, who's here currently with the Dallas Mavericks as well. And I just, I was like, hey guys, like, is there any chance you guys would take a woman? And fortunately enough, again, I've just been very lucky in this aspect. Coach Mullen was like, I had a woman manager when I was a player and I loved her. And like, I don't see why not. Like, you do a good job and there's, there should be no question about it. So I got lucky with another, you know, progressively thinking person and, you know, credit to just us being from, from areas where they were naturally like, not like normalized to this stuff. So, uh, and that's kind of how I transitioned to the men's side over the summertime, uh, my going into my junior year. And then the rest kind of just fell in place with that. Yeah. What did you kind of do as a manager? Um, so you do a lot of, I mean, it's setting up practice, breaking down practice, you're doing scoreboard, um, analytics. If you're doing, you know, box scores and charting stuff, uh, you're doing packing for road trips, you're managing the jerseys, all that, uh, gear, your, I also did a lot of operational stuff with my, with the men's side. So I'm doing, whether it's itineraries, you're helping with putting together, it's a various amount of things, but um, it's really whatever the coaching staff asks of you. You know, I've done putting together um, templates of, you know, play calls to 
creating a, a database of like shooting statistics that from the whole season. And that was like a 200 page book that I did for like a three week project. So it, it is really just whatever my coaches asked of me. I just try to do the best of my abilities. And then, you know, working for Chris Mullen, coming from the Bay Area, like, did you, were you a fan of him growing up? Like, was that kind of like a cool moment for you? Oh, it was surreal. I, so I didn't grow up watching him. Um, he was, he was a little bit before my time where I really understood sports uh, or, or NBA basketball like that. Uh, I will say though, I've known who he was since I was a kid because of his history with, and his legacy he, he created with the, the Warriors. Cause he was one of the original players that um, kind of made the Warriors the franchise that everyone knew they could be really good just at the time when I was growing up I was growing up with like Monte Ellis Baron Davis Jason Richardson and this was like earlier too before the we believe season when they had the playoffs <laughs> there were some rough years before that so yeah it's just funny like at, you know Molly coach Mullen has always been this like wow it would be awesome to meet him type of thing and then I got the opportunity to work for him for two years so it, it was pretty great and um, most down to earth man and just his family was always kind to me and I just I got really lucky with with uh, being around him yeah I mean uh, he he's great and um, he yeah I, I honestly like I can't thank him and I still haven't thanked him enough like he deserves all the credit for helping me get to this point just because he gave me the opportunity when like I said it it could have gone one so many different ways um, and, I, and that's where I got really fortunate with the guy like coach Mullen and uh, just credit to how good of a person he is that people don't talk about enough. You know, they, they only care about, Oh, he was a basketball player. Oh, he was a coach. No, he's a great human being or he is a great human being. I'm sorry. Um, and, and you said your sister goes to school in New York. Yeah. So she's in Cornell. It's like upstate New York. Oh yeah. 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 That's awesome. I had a, a former teammate that went, uh, went over to play at Cornell, but she, uh, and unfortunately got, uh, she had to medically retire. Um, but that's awesome. Cornell's a great, great school. It's cold yeah. up there. Yo, yeah. No, she's enjoying it because it's it's in fall. I think it's beautiful. But the second, you know, winter comes, it, it, it yeah. gets crazy. Yeah, and it's coming. It's coming around the corner for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know then you went on to intern at Stanford Owens basketball. So like what made you want to come back to the Bay Area? Yeah, I um you know, and I wouldn't say I, I wanted to come back to the Bay Area. It I mean, going home is always great, to be honest. Like I, I really enjoyed growing up here and um being closer to my family I think after college I realized being around so many adults or professionals in the industry you don't always get the um the fortune of being able to be close to home like and I don't have any significant others or kids so my parents and my brother like that's that's family to me that's the closest thing I have to family and luckily I have my grandmothers there too um so when I realized that, all right, once I really get into this, like college is one thing, but if I can continue this career, it's only going to get more difficult to see my family. Like seasons go for a long time. Um, if I'm in a different state and they don't come out, then I can't see them because I'm kind of stuck in, in, in the location I'm at for however long. And it's not like other jobs where you have flexibility to take vacations. Like it's not like that. So uh, there was an opportunity to stay in New York. I decided not to take it. And then, I mean, Stanford alone, just that opportunity was, was something that I couldn't pass up. Um, coach Vanderveer gave me that chance and uh, coach Tucker before she, she had already retired from coaching, but I had met her when she was coaching. So um, when, when that opportunity came around, it kind of was like, again, 
learning from another great human being and coach in Tara Vanderbeer was like, why wouldn't I want to go there and learn? So that was the goal there was to learn from her and her staff and, and the culture that they created, which is really cool to see um, firsthand. And that's what kind of got me to go back to the Bay area. Um, and then the bonus was just family was there too. So they got to experience it with me too. That was the fun part that my mom, um, my mom and dad would come out to the games and they just got to see it too firsthand for that one season. So that was, that was pretty exciting because they didn't get to come out a lot when I was at St. John's. Yeah. And then you moved on to become the director for Berkeley women's basketball. What was it like to like fill up a larger role? Oh, it was a lot. It was, uh, it was a lot. I was fortunate again in terms of, uh, I was going to do another year at Stanford. Actually, we had at, me and the other intern had asked Tara coach Andrew if we could go back and she said yes, but then, uh, Coach Sharman Smith ended up getting the job at Cal. It was kind of like a last minute, end of the summer type of switch. And those times, it's just, it's a lot going on. Season's about to, or school's about to start. There's a lot of things going on. And when I interviewed with her, I just kind of felt this like excitement to uh, embrace a new role of like high responsibility and, and also um, create something, like le create a legacy, so to speak, uh, and leave one. Um, and at Cal, I got fortunate with Coach Sharman where she was like, you are the, the head coach of the video department, so to speak, right? Like director of video, I was like, hey, you got to run this show. And I just, I took that and ran with it to the best of my abilities, which was like finding out, you know, how to be better as a video coordinator, what type of tricks or tools or, or methods or, or the best workflows and how to make your coaches more successful with video. Uh, and just try to be communicating with everyone about how to help everyone reach a new level of success. So that was a really fun experience, challenging for sure. Um, but I think those two years at Cal helped me grow the most out of anything, just because uh, it was a completely different experience. I had responsibility that like would fall back on me and compared to when you're a manager, no one's going to be like, oh, it's the manager's fault. Like coaches eventually, like, the coaches and the managers know, but like if, push come to shove like it's on the coaches because the managers just work for them so same for for me right um it was on me to make sure the video was right because that was my my job um and so I had managers that worked with me so I had to make sure I, I really owned that role to the best of my abilities and were you interested in media because that that sounds really cool I was not at the time no so it was more it's still basketball video than like social media video yeah. Um, I was not interested necessarily in media, but when I was at St. John's, Coach St. Jean had early on told me, like, if you really want this MBA, you know, or this next level of high learning college or MBA coaching, you, the video room is where to go. And there's been articles from years ago about uh, Coach Eric Spolstra from the Miami Heat, how his success was because he was a video person and then he, he made his way to being a coming hedge coach. So that was kind of like the method that managers were told early on, like if you're not a former player and if you, yeah, no, if you're not a former player, the only other way, it's not the only other way, but it was a more popular way to get into coaching was to be a video person because that was kind of like a a rite of passage so to speak so that's why I also thought Stanford would be really important to learn because that was a video internship which led me to get Cal as a video coordinator and um, from there that's where I was hoping to take the next step of either assistant coach recruiting coordinator or whatever possible opportunity there could be and 
which led to Nebraska, which is the recruiting coordinator there for the the time I was there. No, oh my God, you just, I think just talking about it, it's so beautiful to like see this whole journey kind of unfold where like you really went up the ranks and it was like, bang, because then you, because then you move right, right on to Nebraska, um, first ever Asian American coach, you know, person to be working for a power five men's basketball program. How did that feel? And like, do you think you were ever treated differently just because you were so different in that sense? Like everyone, if anything, I just, I got a lot of respect for becoming that first, but in terms of like the people there directly, the coaching staff that I work with every day, no, I felt very equal to everyone. Um, you know, it, I still felt like I had a lot to prove and that's just me being a new employee, like a new staff member that had nothing to do with, uh, maybe it did probably having to be a woman in this position. Um, but I was fortunate that the staff that had hired me also was super supportive. So it wasn't like I went in there and they're like, oh, you better not fail. Like, no, they were, more supportive in terms of like, hey, we got your back. Like, let us know if you need help. And they kind of helped guide me into this, uh, to being successful. And I, I know I was only there for a short time. So obviously we didn't get to see the, the full fruition of what could have been. But uh, I do believe that I, I didn't feel differently. I just felt more supported, if anything, that they wanted to help see me succeed. And, and um, just the whole team succeed honestly because like my success is, is only as good as our team's success personally uh, from what I feel but how did it feel to be trailblazing a path for other young Asian American girls in coaching I didn't realize it was happening till it happened like I should have known better when I <laughs> knew I got the job and I accepted the job I thought oh like I used to think when I was in college right like oh I want to be this and and, and you know, I can't wait till this day happens. By the time I got there, I didn't really realize what was happening until it was too late. Like I was <laughs> like, oh, I got a job, you know, cool, awesome. I accept it. Oh, I'm leaving Cal. Like that was, you know, just sad just because I, I loved my time at Cal, but I knew why I wanted to go to Nebraska. And then by the time everything kind of went out there and the articles went out, I was like, I didn't even think about that impact, by the way, which is, it's weird to me because that's all I thought about prior to it. But um, it just made me feel like I was another example of someone that young women or young men can look up to, like whether you're a minority or you're a woman, like you, you can look up to another person now doing something a little bit different, like, especially because I didn't play. I think that's an aspect of um, my story that will be different from a lot of people because I think we've seen a lot of uh, women who were former players and elite players at that so there's no discredit to them but uh, they're just elite players so it made sense whereas some people might be like well she didn't play and then she's another minority so it, it I think that added just a level of like hey there's another way to get in I'm just an example of it so it, it was cool uh, it's a lot of pressure in some aspects and I put half of that pressure on myself just because I want to be successful for the next person because that's that's the other thing it's um, I'm glad I was able to help blaze that trail, but I, I can't, I don't want to be the last person to have done it. That's one thing to be the first, but if I was the last person, I mean, that didn't do a very good job. And <laughs> I wanted to make sure that door is open for the next person. Um, and for the next coach that's looking to hire and they say, I have 50 resumes and usually they would have ignored this one person, but now they're like, well, let me take a look into this person again. And, and hopefully that's, you know, someone that, would not have fit the typical mold at the time. But did that ever happen where you just didn't get a role and that could have just been because maybe you weren't a former player, because you were a minority or because you were a woman? 
Um, you know, I don't know if those were the reasons. Like, I, I haven't gotten roles before, and I just couldn't tell you what the exact reason was. I always chalk it up to, I just wasn't qualified. I wasn't the right person for them. And I think that's something that everyone has to keep in mind. Um, you know, there are politics in, game, in this game, and I, I will not deny that. But I'd like to think, and, I, and that's what kept me going, was it wasn't that. Like, I'm not going to let that be the reason why. Because then I, I'd want to stop. Like, yeah. if I was like, oh, it's because I'm a woman. Well, I can't change that. Like, I'm, that's not happening. I can't change it. I'm Asian. So, like, if that's the reason why I can't get a job, well, then I wouldn't keep going. So I used, I like to continue to think that if I don't get a job or a role for a certain reason, it's because, one, there, there's a reason behind it. You know, there's a greater purpose behind that. I, did, I wasn't meant to be in that role. And then, two, there was someone just better fit for that, for that staff. And that's a, that's a big thing. It's a, it's a good fit. And I was fortunate to be a good fit for Cal for, or Stanford, Cal, St. John's, all the places I've been. I think I was the right fit for what they were looking for. Um, and same here with Dallas. It's just uh, fortunate timing in, in place for sure. No, that's amazing. I like the way you look at it though, right? Judged by achievements and not gender. And I think, you know, play a society has like a whole shirt on that because I think that's important and I think it's like it's more than just your gender it's what you do and it's like what you bring to the table so definitely agree absolutely. there I absolutely agree yeah for sure um just overall like what advice would you give someone who's looking to kind of enter this field of coaching uh I have a couple of sayings and I, I know it gets a little like corny to hear it but it's something that coaches uh have told me and I've kind of kept it and moving forward, move, move to move forward. Um, it's paying your dues and pay it forward. So paying your dues is, is the work. And like I said, me being a manager was a huge attribute to how my work ethic was created. Uh, I think I had a solid work ethic when I got to St. John's, but I pushed that work ethic to another level by being the first one and last one out. And, and these are all things that I think society is sort of changing that, that thought process like you don't always have to be the first one and last one out uh, and I wouldn't tell people they have to do it because I think there are different ways to do things um, work smarter not harder I think just working smarter is always good I don't know about the harder part it's it kind of depends on what you mean by that and um, I mean the, the third one and it's probably the most important one is just be genuine like if you're not genuine and you're not really yourself and you're faking it, you're only going to last so long. So I think that's something that if everyone, and this doesn't have, only apply to this job, but like in life, if you're genuine, you'll find who your real friends are or who you want to be around. And that will kind of open doors that you didn't know existed. And I think that's something fortunately for me that that really worked out was just, I was just genuinely who I am. And certain people liked it and certain people ended up wanting me to come work for them and, and giving me opportunities to go work for them. So that was a huge, uh, huge, that's my biggest advice is just being genuine and creating true authentic relationships with people. Um, I think people get caught up in what can you do for me? Uh, I'm always about what can I do for you? Uh, again, with the, the team success, right? Like my, my success is only as good as our team success. I could be awesome, but then if our team is 0 for 30. Well, that, that doesn't mean that much, right? I want my team <laughs> to be successful and then I come with them, right? Like if the team's up here, I'm just kind of following on their coattails. So, um, yeah, that, sorry, that was a long way of saying 
just create genuine relationships and just be who you are because that's that's the only way you're going to be the best you can be no no that's awesome that's that's really amazing because I think you're someone who just exemplifies like just putting in the work and like really moving up those levels because I think it can be hard for people to really like make those jumps um just like moving to get to where you are you know um, where you want to be and like now you know you're on an NBA coaching staff which is just truly incredible I promise you it hasn't hit me yet it's still it's still surreal um you know I'm just I'm so thankful every day that I get to uh represent the Dallas Mavericks and just represent uh the people that are looking up to me too because I, I don't forget about them I just I try to keep in the moment that I just have to do well here and then um, I think it'll open more doors for other people. And then lastly, I just want to add to my advice, paying it forward. So similar to what I was just saying, with all the, the you, you, you say success, I'll go with your word, success. Um, you got to pay it forward in the sense that like, for you, let's say if you wanted to be a coach, I have to be able to find a way to help you in some way. And just making sure you teach the next person behind you that's learning the things you learned and try to guide them. So, and that, like I said, that can be for anybody. It doesn't have to be a minority. It doesn't have to be a woman. It could be whoever wants to learn. Um, but I'm always big about paying your dues and then paying it forward to the next person. Cause um, I'm, I wouldn't be here without the people that gave me an opportunity and taught me or gave me lessons that they learned. Cause if they had kept it to themselves, I would be making way more mistakes than I, than I could count. At least when I learned from them, I was able to maybe not, maybe make the mistakes, but avoid certain mistakes. So th that was a huge uh, attribute to my current um, quick jump from, from some, uh, from some levels. And like, just where do you get this mindset of just looking forward and always looking for growth? Cause I, it just, it's really amazing to hear you talk about this. I want to say my family for sure. Um, I've learned so much from them and my mom and father have been so actively uh, such a big importance in my life and just everyone I've met to be honest for the most part I learned uh, I've been around a lot of successful people when I say successful I mean you know for coaches that they win so that's they're determined as successful for that um, or from athletes who have gone on to different ne the next level of their careers they've been determined successful so just kind of talking to them and just learning like what is it about their lives that have really helped them make the next step forward and all of them come down to just um, it's you got to believe in yourself that confidence and just the work uh, and I think that's sports in general like I mean if you're at the highest level if you're a professional they always go back to that right like it's your work ethic it's your you know talent or, or skill so that's kind of what keeps me driven and I think positivity there's uh there's not enough positivity in the world so I don't need to be another negative you know ne negative Nancy I can be another positive person to help uplift others because I would be nowhere without the people that helped uplift me so that's kind of where I get it from you know just now like as you know being part of an NBA team like what is it like to just be around like an environment like that surreal for sure uh it's funny, I I was rebounding, I think it was my first day and I got thrown right in the fire. I'm rebounding and passing for guys. And then eventually like the next week I'm, I'm like doing drills to help a guy. Like it was like, it wasn't like anything crazy, but just like some stuff that coaches were putting me into. And I was like, man, like, I was thinking the coaches thought of me, it was only, you know, oh, you're just gonna pass and But like, no coaches were just like, you're come on, like get in here, like let's go. <laughs> and uh, so that like was kind of like a, 
a wow moment just like there's a, a mutual level of respect once you get there like you didn't get there because yeah. you didn't deserve it um and i guess especially if you're a minority and a woman like there, there's very few seats at the table so if you got there you got there um and so I, getting a lot of the respect there and then the players respect immediately just um they're great guys honestly they just love to work and play basketball if that if you know what i mean so um, watching them hone in their craft is, is pretty phenomenal. Um, my first month of just seeing, you know, from the rookies that just got signed, you know, the two-way guys or the guys that are trying to get on the team to, to the best player on the team, the work ethic is the same. You know, they have a love for the game and it's just, it's really phenomenal to watch that. So, um, I've been fortunate in that aspect. Oh yeah. Well, that's really incredible. And Again, thank you so much for coming on today. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate it.